deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas outdoor nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, speaker, blogger, podcaster, and man, am I fired up that you are part of our show this week. So excited to bring this to you twice a month and uh, just fired up to have the opportunity to share this message with you of the outdoor lifestyle of accessible fishing and hunting spots and um, and situations and uh, activities and things that we can all afford to get out there and do in the great outdoors, whether that be hiring a guide, doing it yourself, however you want to play on the outdoors we want to help you do it and do it better whether you live in texas or outside texas that's what we're here to do so i'm so excited that you downloaded the show or streamed it online or however you're listening thank you so much for doing so whether you're on a phone a tablet a computer um your car the gym no matter where i just want to thank you so much for tuning in and i'm really excited so I'm getting ready to leave for Louisiana. Louisiana, but that's outside of Texas. Yeah, I know. I have not been there since 2009 when my son Jackson was born, and he turns, oh my goodness, he turns eight today. Uh, It is his birthday, so happy birthday, Jackson. And uh, I'm really excited about uh, this trip because this is the Burris Media Bash, which is a kind of writer's event or photographer media people event, basically, right? So me being a media person, I got invited by one of our Texas Fishing Game sponsors, and I'm really pumped about going to this thing. I plan to take a lot of pictures, uh, hopefully catch a lot of fish, and uh, get some uh, video and and maybe some audio and and who knows what else. But uh, a lot of writing stuff. I love to write, as you know, and uh, probably be doing some stuff for fishgame.com coming up on uh, coverage of that event. But really excited to have the opportunity to share all this with you. And uh, this week is awesome because I have Marcus Heflin on. Mr. Marcus is an awesome guy. He is based out of the southeast Texas area of um, of, of our state. And uh, that focuses on the Gulf of Mexico, Sabine Pass, that area. And he has a kind of like a shore fishing clinic the second Saturday of every month, uh, certain months of the year. And uh, that is a really neat opportunity, and that happens at Sea Rim State Park. And that, my friends, is one of our awesome State of Texas parks that is uh, maintained and everything by the State of Texas and um, our Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. And I'm telling you, it's beautiful out there, breathtaking, and I can't wait to get to go with Mr. Marcus one day and go shore fishing out there for some sharks or some redfish. And um, I'm on the Texas uh, Parks and Wildlife website. It says, where Gulf meets marsh, and that's what this... uh, this Sea Rim State Park is uh, is located. It is a far east corner, far southeast corner of Texas lies a remote, unique coastal park. Sea Rim State Park has 5.2 miles of Gulf shoreline and 4,000 acres of marshlands. Wow, that's incredible. So um, that's kind of the setting of our podcast today. We're talking fishing. And um, we're talking about fishing for sharks, redfish, speckled trout, those kind of things, uh, those kind of fish in uh, the Gulf of Mexico and the coastal Texas lands of state parks or wherever you go, coastal fishing. Surf fishing is a really easy way to get involved in fishing without spending a ton of money. And that's one of the things I've always tried to do with this podcast is make everything we do affordable. Whether you are in freshwater or saltwater, where you... um, 
whether you you know live inside Texas or outside of Texas, just make some fun, easy wins for you and your kids, uh, grandkids, uh, whatever the case may be. I always try to just make everything that we do on talk about in the show accessible, and that is something that's, that's near dear to my heart because I myself do not have a boat, nor does Chester Moore, editor in chief, <laughs> but uh, we still enjoy the best of the outdoors and all the outdoors has to offer through fishing guides, through bank fishing you know shoreline fishing like we're going to talk about today uh on the gulf of mexico or any you know large lake in the freshwater realm or um coastal in the saltwater realm or whatever the case may be uh kayak fishing which is a lot more affordable than you know going to spend sixty thousand dollars on a bay boat that you may only use a few times a year um there's just a lot of ways you can get easy wins in the outdoors and surf fishing is among one of the most awesome ways that you can connect in salt water and um and uh, connect with some big fish that you don't have to spend a lot of money on a big boat you can still catch the same caliber of fish and that's what we're going to talk about today so my guest marcus heflin he has a great story i think you'll really enjoy this i heard him initially on chester moore's radio show more outdoors and we just had chester on the podcast last time and um uh the last show so i'm really excited about the opportunity to have marcus on this show he was a great interview man we had a blast on this and i hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as i did recording it uh here we go mr marcus heflin thank you so much for joining us welcome to the best of the outdoors podcast thank you uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. The way that I got to know you was through Chester Moore's radio show, and I had Chester on the last podcast, and um, I'm just excited to talk to you about the Gulf of Mexico and, and bay fishing from the shore, surf fishing, if you will, uh, which is one of your expertise. Will you tell us a little bit about how you got started? Yeah, well, you know, I've been fishing all my life. Uh, my father took us camping and fishing and kept us off the streets and out of drugs and uh, so it was something that just came dear to my heart and something that I became, uh, very fond of, especially whenever I needed just to get away and unwind. Sure. And, uh, so it also became a release for me just to go out and have my peace and talk to God because, you know, it's a big playground out there God made for us. Yes, it is. And, uh, and so, uh, I'm like a kid, you know, I'm 55 years old and I still go out there and and fish, and I'm always excited the night before I go, and I can't sleep. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, surf fishing has always been a uh, uh, a thing that I've loved, and the the reason for that, Dustin, is you know not everybody can afford a boat, right? Okay, and the expenses that go with it. So most people think that you got to have a boat to go out there and catch all these big fish, and. Uh, you know, in actuality, you don't. You can be a poor man like me and uh, invest, a, you know, you you got to invest in a little bit of tackle, but you can go out there and catch your own bait, right. make your own leaders, and uh, you can fish right there from the shoreline, and you can catch fish as big or bigger uh, as you can out in the boat. Well, give us and, a uh, little uh, basic, you know, rundown of what tackle you need to get started on an adventure like this. I you know, if you were, if I was a man fixing to get into this, what I would look for uh, is uh, some of your your cheaper uh, reels, but but still solid reels, and and one that's never going to uh, disappoint you. That's going to be a pin, and uh, they got a pin three oh nine, and that costs about uh, sixty bucks across the counter okay. at any store. This thing will last you forever. You just got to you know keep it clean. 
and then you can get you a Shakespeare rod, surf rod, about a 12 foot rod. They can run you 30, 40 bucks. And so there you are, a hundred bucks, and you've got you a rod and reel. That's great. And I mean, you know, and then, yeah. Yeah, and usually 30 pound line is what I put on it. Okay. A monofilament. And then we're looking at a cast net, about a a four to five foot or four to six foot cast net, depending on your size, right? Uh, to catch your bait with, and uh, and then your uh, terminal tackle, and you know, learning how to make the, your leaders and your weights, and uh, and basically that's what you're looking at because now you're down there and you're about a hundred percent vertically integrated because you're not having to go buy anything, right? Uh, you're making your own leaders, you're catching your own bait. And the, the beautiful thing about surf fishing is uh, if we can't catch it in the net, we'll catch it on an inshore rod and use those smaller fish as bait for the bigger fish. Oh, cool. That's great. I mean, so, that's there's, there's so many opportunities on the coast that I, I want to bring up to folks because we – you know, my whole goal of this whole show, Mr. Marcus, is to make this accessible for as many people as possible. And I know that's kind of your goal in the ministry work that you do and the uh, getting kids exactly. involved in fishing and that kind of stuff, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, you know, uh, many years back uh, in 05, uh, all I was was about money. You know, and I was making six figures, but I was never at home. Right. And uh, I had just about forgotten everything my dad had taught me. All I was worried about was taking care of my family and making the money. Well, you know, God had other plans for me, and I was raised that way. And I always prayed, but, you know, I always uh, I always took God in when I needed him, and then whenever I was okay, I spit God back out the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got tired of it, and I know God got tired of it. So, you know, God took me down, and I... Uh, uh, I wouldn't mind him, and so he took me down again, and so finally it got to the point to where I had a stroke, and what I tell everybody is God uh, tied me up, and uh, he hog-tied me and held me down until I yelled calf rope. Oh, goodness. And uh, Yes, and uh, I gave my life to God, and I decided I was going to do whatever I could to serve God on a daily basis from that point forward, and, uh, you know, when I left the hospital, uh, I was paralyzed on my left side for a year, I was bedridden for six months, Goodness. and uh, but the day that I left the hospital, God told me, he said, from this day, you'll always be taken care of, and I have been. Yeah, God's uh, made out for us, and so by the following year, after I got to where I could move around and get up and go again, God just burdened my heart about uh, the fishing and using fishing to plant seeds of God and to help people, uh, family right. bonding and, and, and stuff like that, and so... My wife and I sat down, and my son with me at the time, and uh, we just came up with a name, Christian Surf Fishing Adventures, and we decided we wanted to supply the gear and uh, make it free to the public. Wow, tell us some more. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, tell us some more about Uh, that. What we we did is we started going out, and we started asking people for their old gear, please don't throw it away, and we started collecting old broken rod and reels, and and all kinds of other terminal tackle and stuff. And we started taking the pieces and putting them together and having good working rod and reels and started going out to the beach, had a sign that said Christian Surf Fishing Adventures. And so we just started catering. One week we may go out there and have one person, and next week we'd go out there and have 60 people. Wow. uh, Yes. And so, my, like I said, it, 
it was rough starting out because I was still trying to recover from a stroke and uh, so forth like that. And uh, my wife and son really had to do a lot to help me. And uh, one of the funny things, Dustin, is uh, they used to tie a rope around my waist. And this rope was probably about 120 feet long. Uh-huh. I could walk out there and cast my line. And uh, and then I depended on them to pull me back. <laughs> so my wife and son would be on the beach. They'd be pulling me back in against the tides and the currents and uh, getting me back into shore. And, uh, just because you weren't strong how, enough, right? Is that is that the reason? That, that was right, okay. but that's how determined also I was to uh, do this. Wow, that's and, uh, great. You know, and God really blessed us, and uh, so we started. Our whole idea was to get out there and use this uh, fishing, uh, surf fishing, to plant seeds of God, and uh, to teach family bonding. And uh, we didn't want to charge anything because we wanted people to come. And not feel like they were fixing to get hammered with something. Right. And uh, we wanted them to be able to come out and enjoy a day and, and to and to pick up on something and, and to learn something. And possibly if they hadn't already had God in their heart that, 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 that the seeds that we planted would blossom in them and grow. And uh, so uh, that, that that's what it was all about. So here we are all these years later. Uh we're still doing it, and we're, we're still strong. But three years ago, we had the state of Texas uh, for uh, CBM State Park. Texas Parks and Wildlife asked us if we would uh, uh, conduct a fishing clinic on the second Saturday of every month for them. And we said, sure. So I said, I'll do it on one condition. He said, what's that? I said, that we can have a prayer. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't have no problem with that. Oh, that's great. So. Uh, what they would do is get out there, and they would introduce us and tell them who we are, and then they would step out of the picture, and then we would come in, and uh, and we I would witness to them for about four or five minutes about what happened in my life and why I'm serving God, and then we'd say a quick prayer, and then everybody would break off fishing, and uh, we had volunteers coming out to help me, to help everybody. And so we would have all walks of life out there, uh, from the young to the old to the experienced to the ones that had never even been to the beach or, or fished before. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, so, and the park was supplying the kitty rod and reels, and we were supplying the surf rods. And uh, so we were keeping everybody baited up and fishing. And uh, so uh, it, that has really worked out. And like I said, we're on our third year going strong and uh and uh and loving it and uh it's done got to where now that you can expect thirty people at the least whenever we get out there on a, on a second Saturday. And remind our listeners what park what state park that is and, and what okay, that's the second is, month second second Saturday of the month, is that what you said? Yeah, the second Saturday of every month. It starts in March and it ends in October. Uh huh. Okay. And uh it's at Sea Realm State Park in Sabine Pass, Texas. Wow, and, that's great. Uh, yeah. And you know the best thing about a, a state park, Dustin, you, you know this. You know, you do not have to have a fishing license to fish in a state right. park. That's right. Little and known so fact whenever, for a lot of people, but it's true. Yeah, so, you know, people don't want to spend $45 to go fish for one day. Right. You know, so here they can also come from any state. And they can come out here, 
They can pay $3 a head to get in. Kids 12 and under are free. We got Drive a Peach that you can actually drive on, and then they got Sections Beach where no cars are allowed. Mm-hmm. We got uh, a police off two, at least two police officers, and other park staff there. So it's very family oriented, very That's safe. That's wonderful, and it's very clean. They got showers, outside showers, but and they got restrooms, and uh, so I mean, it, and they got uh, RV camping and beach camping. <laughs> what else do you need? So, I mean, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so I love it. we just pull down on the beach with our gear and set up camp, and and we go to fishing, and uh, so yeah, and so uh, we've also worked with troubled teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've worked with uh, inner city children, and we've worked with church groups, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, we, there's just been a lot. And the best thing in the world is to see an adult turn into a kid whenever he hangs on one of them big reds <laughs> or a shark, and then uh, you know, and then of course the smile on a kid's face. I yeah. mean, it's awesome. Well, and I, I, I'm doing this, you know, right after coming back from Camp Agape, and, and I, I alluded to this, you know, we did some freshwater fishing in the local pond they had at Camp Buckner, which is a camping facility that was there, and we were just taking little breakfast biscuits from, from breakfast and balling them up on a hook, and we were catching, you know, two-pound bass down to bluegill. And uh, the fish just loved that particular, you know, bait because it was thrown to them all the time. But my point is that some of those kids had never been fishing before. Some of those kids hadn't been fishing in years. And we're talking, you know, 7 to 12-year-olds. Um, you know, man, I mean, just getting kids hooked. And I said this before, and I'm going to say this again on the show. Kids who hunt and fish don't steal and deal, typically. You know? Amen. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I agree with that 100%. You know, I'll tell you what. It's a bumper sticker, but it's true, you know? I'll reach my hand out and pat the back and shake the hand of any man and woman that takes their kids camping and fishing. Yes. They're going to sit there and take the time to do that and hunting too. I just think it's fantastic that they spend that kind of time with their children because that means their children are going to turn out good. And they're going to do that for their children and generations after them. We've talked about that on the show before. It's a generational thing. And that's the nice thing about the outdoors that a lot of the anti-hunters and and PETA people and those kind of folks that are against our hunting and fishing traditions don't understand is this is a very healthy recreation, you know. And I'll tell you something else, too. We got children out there that, that have all kinds of, of, of problems and, and medical issues and and some of it is C O P D and, and some of the other things that are causing problems with the children and just super hyperactivity and stuff. Uh you know, fishing can teach a lot. It can. And it it can tone a person down. You get these kids down there on the beach and just let them run amok. <laughs> Don't make them fish, you know. They love cast nets. They love playing with nets. They love playing with their poles. They get out there. They let them play for an hour with all of that stuff, and then let them go play in the water and do what they want to do. And let me tell you something. They will wear their sails out. Yeah, that's natural energy. I promise parents out there, everybody that's listening right now, I promise you, when you get home that night, you will have the best sleep in your life because you will not hear a word from them children. <laughs> They'll be sleeping on the ride home from the, on the in the truck, you know. So, so yeah. uh, just taking your kids and, and doing things as a family is is almost unheard of anymore. True. Okay. So wrapped up in in, in cell phones and, and and other electronics and gadgets and uh, social media. 
that, that kids don't 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 know what you and I know as we were growing up. Right. And I mean, that's part of the deal, Mr. Margus, is just to get kids outdoors and just as a family enjoying the outdoors. And that's something I'm a big proponent of in this show is just, you know, simple pursuits, which we've talked about before, but also making fishing accessible where you don't have to buy a $50,000 bay boat or more. Um, you know, this is something that in a state park you can do for free, you know, and, and it's Texas coast related, but it's just anywhere you listen to this show. I mean, that's got any kind of water body, which most all of America does get out with your kids, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, and, uh, I tell you, you know, you could look up, uh, you can, you can Google, uh, uh, Texas parks and wildlife and you can find any park around you, whether it's fresh or salt water. Right. And, uh, you know, to set up and, and take your kids. And, and you can even uh, uh, make your arrangements. If you want to go down there and camp or you want an RV spot, you can do it right there on the computer. And uh, and then it'll be ready for you when you get there. That's great. And uh, and uh, so, and, and also, like for our uh, clinics that we do, uh, you can always check online. And, and that's always listed so you know what's going on. And uh, so you can you can make plans on going there, and we've also made it to where if we get rained out on a on a Saturday, uh, that we will do it the following weekend. Oh, that's wonderful! So that way you don't miss a month. That's great. That's right, and and you know, and the staff down there is so great, and they go out of their way and they bend over backwards to to appease the people, and uh, to come up with with things for them, and. Uh, if it's not my surf fishing, they got a crabbing clinic. They got a clinic that looks at the stars at night. They got a boardwalk out there that, that goes out to the swamp. How and, neat! Uh, oh yeah, they got all types of activities that your kids are going to love. So wow. it, it's not just fishing. If fishing isn't your thing, you know, uh, you can come down there and watch and just sit in the sun and tan. Right. Or, or like I said, there's other activities that they have for you. Yeah. And, that's... Uh, so, That's but fantastic. I did want to tell you when I got started in all this, you know, I, I had had a stroke and God took me down and, uh, uh, of course he put it in my heart to do all of this. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just went with, with blind faith, mm-hmm. just trust in God. And he's provided everything along the way. And, uh, if there's, if you know of anybody out there that has any tackle, old tackle, don't throw it away, you know, uh, let, give me a holler and let me know, and I'll pick it up. And I'll put a way to contact you and website and all that other stuff in the show notes so folks can look at the info section and uh, the show notes and be able to reach out to you. Um, give us the basics, Mr. Marcus, of of uh, surf fishing and what, what species of fish we're after in saltwater and, um, and what you're using for bait or your lures, I guess. We do a lot of redfish. Okay. And now here on the, uh, where we are in Southeast Texas, in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, I think the state record on a, a redfish is uh, 52 or 54 inches. Okay. And it's very hard to get anything much bigger than that in this area. Yes. Now, I've seen a lot of people claim it, but I've never seen it. Right. <laughs> uh, now, yeah. Uh, my 55 years, uh, uh, I've seen the, the biggest I've seen is a, uh, 50 inch. The mm-hmm. biggest I've caught is a 48. Okay. On, on bull reds. 
And uh, but let me tell you, a four foot long fish. Let me tell you, that's fun to bring in. It's hard. Well, they fight hard. Uh, they fight like a they you, fight like a like a borrowed mule. You know, when it comes to, yeah. to bringing them in to the to the to the shore. Yeah. And we sit there and assist these kids on bringing them in, and they can do it too. And I mean, they. <laughs> let me tell you something. They're whipped by the time they get it, but you've never seen a kid more proud in their life. That's great. <laughs> Especially whenever you have a four-foot tall kid with a four-foot fish. Yeah, I've heard more of a tall fish. Yeah, I love it. That's but great. A, a lot of the other things, you know, in our nets, we catch uh, mullet and shrimp, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what we use as bait. Okay. And uh, we'll also uh, target a fish called a whiting. Okay, sure. And I've uh, caught those whiting... You, you can, there's no limit on them, no size limits, no bag limits. And the best thing about whiting is, is you can eat them and they are so good. Okay. I've but never eaten one, but I've heard they're good. Yeah. They're also some of the best bait. And so when we get down there and we're on a test net, we can't get anything else. We'll target them whiting with our inshore reels. Okay. And, uh, and we will catch whiting to use as bait. And so, Anyway, so you got your whiting, and then you got your sharks. We catch uh, our two main sharks. We catch down there are really the three main: it's spinners, black tips, and bulls. Okay. Uh, and uh, th- and then we do have bonnet heads, and bonnet heads rarely get over two foot. You know, but they're very good fish to eat. And at two foot, the limit you can keep and then eat. Uh, black tips, two foot, you can keep and eat. That's some of the best eating you ever put in your mouth. Now, if you get your, since the laws have changed, uh, bull red's going to be, uh, I believe, 64 inches. Okay. And uh, t- look that up. Don't guarantee that. Okay. But, yeah, I'll check your records. Uh, right. But, you know, a lot of people love uh, bull sharks. I mean, they're, they're good eating. Well, but, tell, uh, tell me the story that you told me yesterday about the kids catching a, a shark of some kind and eating it um, all day. Well, well tell we, me that had, story. Uh, we had a group of kids out of San Antonio come in, and uh, most of these children had not uh, ever seen the beach before, let alone fish. Oh, my. And, uh, so we had them out there camping and fishing for the weekend. And uh, my son was there helping with the thing, and my son started targeting uh, shark and uh, he wanted him a black tip to eat and so uh, he kayaked the line out there and had it set up and uh, he come in with a five foot uh, black tip uh-huh. got it in there to the beat the kids just went crazy over that shark and so we just decided that we were going to uh, cook the shark part of the shark up for the kids so we bled it out and filleted it out and my wife cut about two pounds of meat up into chicken nuggets, and we cooked it, we fried it up right there on the beach. Shark and, nuggets, I love it. Yeah, shark nuggets. And let me tell you, these kids went crazy over it. They absolutely loved it. So that was that morning. That was getting close to mid morning, and so around noon, uh, they wanted it for their lunch too. Now we had already catered out and everything, and had what we were going to cook for lunch. But now the kids wanted the shark. So anyway, Debbie cooked another, I think about four pounds of shark. They ate it up in no time. She had to cook some more, and then they wanted it for dinner. So let me tell you, <laughs> by the end of the day, these kids had ate that whole five-foot bull shark. Oh, my goodness. And I, 
Yeah, I think we had close to 30 kids out there. <laughs> and, uh, shark nuggets. I love it. <laughs> so let awesome. me tell you, these kids had the time of their lives. And they were we were catching bull reds. We were catching sharks. And uh, we were catching croaker and a uh, big old gaff top. Mm-hmm. And gaff top are really good eating, too. Oh, although are. a lot of people, yes, they are. A lot of people don't like them, but it's a white, dry meat. And uh, they, they, it doesn't stink. It doesn't have a fish taste. And you can, you can grill it. You can bake it. You can fry it. And as long as you cut the red out of it, right. you don't have no problems with that meat. It's very good. So these kids left home, left the beach, gaining about five or ten pounds each. <laughs> That's and, uh, awesome. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, what a day. Yeah, and so it, it was really great. And that's a lot of the experiences that, that you know, we, we, we can have with these kids down there. And, uh, and, and you know, and the adults, too, we get them the same way. Right. Uh, real real quick, sure. we had a biker just show up out of the clear blue. And this guy was on his Harley, and he was all dressed up in his Harley, uh, you know, attire. And uh, he had his bandana on and everything else, and he was probably the most foul-mouthed person you ever heard in your life. Mm-hmm. And I, I was six and a half to ask him to leave because of his mouth. And uh, But anyway, I had hooked up into a, a big redfish, and I knew it was a red by the direction it was headed. Yes. And so I just turned around and walked over there, and I put that surf rod in his hand, and I said, have you ever reeled one of these in he said no i said reel this one in <laughs> listen to me by the time that man got that shark to the beach i mean that red to the beach he had a grin on his face the size of the state of texas ear to ear <laughs> ear to it. ear his whole demeanor had changed she was like a child a kid he had just turned into a kid right before oh, i love it he was not not one foul word was coming out of his mouth. He was laughing. He was just, I mean, he was just overjoyed when he got up there. He went over to the saddlebags of his bike. He pulled out a camera. And I'll bet you, he, if he took one, he took 50 pictures. <laughs> he just was stuck, man. He just was hooked. Yeah. I love he had it. Us. The next thing you know, he had gone back over there to that bike. He had stripped all the way down to his jeans. And then he was taking a pocket knife and cutting his jeans and the shorts <laughs> true surf fishing this, way right there yeah this became the nicest guy you probably ever met in your life mm, that's great and uh but see that's that's what fishing does yeah okay that's what god does yes and uh and that's why we use this okay mm-hmm. and uh you know god wants uh we're I tell them we catch them, God cleans them. We're we're fisher of, fishers of men. Fishers of men, and the the ministry I belong to, Crosswater Outfitters, we're catfishing ministry for the most part. We do some striped bass and that kind of stuff, but um, you know, catfish jug fishing is what this ministry is all about, and that is our you know slogan as well as you know, uh, come with me and be fishers of men. You know that Matthew verse, and you know it really sticks with with you because we've had. I'll just tell this story real quick. We've had soldiers. Uh, we cater to the military to fort hood the military base of soldiers that are and their families that are leaving the base uh leaving the service basically uh in the warriors and transition brigade unit wtbu and basically we see 
transformations of these people that show up, these soldiers that show up and they're hardened by the war and they've got hard hearts and everything and they just soften up throughout the, the, the weekend because it's a three-day weekend, Friday through Sunday, that we do this. And by the end, they're laughing, they're, they're, they're cutting up, you know, they're doing all kinds of different things. You know, we just see a transformation because of fishing and that is exactly what I wanted to bring up on this show. Yes. Uh, it's wonderful to witness. Yes, it's just it is. Wonderful to it's, see. it's life-changing to witness something like that. That's why I, I, I do just, it. That's one of the reasons I, I do it. I tell God, thank you every uh, thank you every day for allowing me to be a part of this. Sure. And and to see when you know we've had terminally ill people out there. Mm. And uh, you don't sometimes you just don't know how to act or what. But I have just seen them come back to life. I've seen that that glimmer come back in their eye. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's you know. I've had times where I got so choked up, I've had to turn them off away. Right. Uh, from from what I've witnessed, and yeah. uh, so, but uh, it, it it it's wonderful, and I just I just I can't I don't know how to put it into words to say, uh, but I I just would love to see parents get more involved yes. with their children. And, I mean, and, yeah. And the, no, go ahead. And it's coming to something. Yeah. You know, and that's like what, what Chester's doing with the animals. Yes. You know. Wild it, 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 and those kind of things. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And then we're, him and I were going to get together because he's got some uh, children whose uh, wishes are t- are for catching sharks. Mm-hmm. That's right. I and, remember uh, I talked about that on the show you were on with him. It's, yeah. It's so uh, we're going to arrange it and, yeah, hopefully come down there and, and hook these kids up with some sharks and, and – uh, just uh, let them have a great time. You well, know. one of my uh, first saltwater fishing story, and I was probably in my early to mid-20s when I went with my father-in-law and his friends, and we went on a guided trip with Captain Chris Kelly out of Sea Drift, um, just uh, around the Port O'Connor area. And I hooked into what I thought was a freight train. I had never been saltwater fishing before. And I, I, th- that same trip, I caught a redfish that had no spots on it, which is rare, isn't it, Marcus? Yes, it is. Very rare. I was like, wow, this is... But that same trip, I hooked into a bull shark in the bay system there, and I was so excited about reeling it in because I thought I hooked into a train, like I literally said. Um, but, you know, he broke it off because he the last time he got bit by a shark, it turned around and bit him in the chest when he grabbed it by the tail. Oh. And uh, But he's yeah. okay and everything. But he said, we're not going to... So I was so disappointed I didn't get to bring that fish in. You know, I, I'd never <laughs> fought a fish like that before in saltwater, you know. And that was just like, like I said, it was an experience like none other. I mean, shark fishing, I, it got me hooked on wanting to go again. That's for sure. Well, you got to have a, a great respect for them sharks. Yes, you do. Yes. And for a lot of them others out there, you know, uh, God bless me, I have never been actually bit. I've had them take a hunk out of my, my swim trunks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've had them hit me so hard in the legs, uh, you know, just their skin uh, was like, uh, you know, a 20-grit uh, sandpaper. Oh, sure. Really and abrasive, it just took, right? Yeah. You know, it just took all the skin completely off. And um, and that's one of the the, the most tenderest sores you're ever going to have. Oh sure, oh sure, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I have not been bit, and I've been out there in amongst sharks, a school that were in a feeding frenzy on shad that were uh, four and five foot long, and I was standing out there in the middle of them. Oh. Uh, now, mind you, I did not do it on purpose. Right, <laughs> it just kind of happened that way, right? <laughs> 
you know, you but if you just think, just you know, just be rationalize. You know, they're they're after the bait. They're not after you. Right. You know. Right. After but just keep calm and and you know slowly back away and uh, you know and so that's what I did. I've been out there and I've had them five or six foot longer just swim by me like they're just eyeing me trying to check me out and see who i am <laughs> see who you are and what you're doing yeah that's funny yeah i've seen people walk on water when they seen them out there you know oh, that's... i'm trying to say hey well don't just back out and the next thing you know they're on top of the water running for the beach mm-hmm. uh sure. but uh you know it's still it's a it's a lot of fun in my in my young uh when my health was better and I was a little bit more physically capable, I loved surf fishing in the rough water mm-hmm. and the and the rough t- uh, tides because I'd love the, uh, the adrenaline flow. Yes, the rush. Sure. I can get that. And yep. uh, we would fight to get out there to throw our line and fight to get back in, <laughs> and uh, it, it was just so much fun. And nowadays, at my age, I wait till the water's a lot calmer. Right, right. <laughs> just know? to be safe. No, that and, makes sense. Yeah, just to be safe, but. People think that you've got to go out there on a real calm day, and, and that's not true. You know, yeah. it, the roughest of days is a lot of times when your reds are out there the most mm-hmm. uh, and your sharks. Right. So uh, it just depends on your grit level. You know, what are you willing to, to, to do to get out there to, to throw your lines? Right. And, uh, and here's another myth. Everybody thinks you have to go so far out walking to throw. Well, you don't. Okay. Uh, I got okay. friends of mine that are in their sixties and they won't go over knee deep. Oh really? They, they just roll out there and cast. They it. catch okay. just as many or more than I do. Interesting. Okay? Instead of waiting out now, there until your chest deep or so, right? Yeah. yeah. Rule of thumb: when you first get out there, you know, hopefully you're getting out there on a high tide, and uh, all the fish are going to be up there on you, bait fish, everything else, and as the day progresses the bait fish is going to start going further out. Okay. So you're going to have to start going further and further out to cast. Right. Uh, to, to keep up with them. Okay. But most of the time we have sandbars. Uh-huh. And you have a trough between them sandbars. Yes. Okay. And the troughs is the areas that you want to fish. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of times when they're going out there knee deep or waist deep, they're throwing into the trough between the second and third sandbars. I see. I see. Okay. Or between the first and second and, uh, or around the trough. Okay. Uh, so, and, uh, and then when we're out there, if I, some people that they always said, oh, if you see the dolphins, the fishing isn't going to be no good. It's just the opposite for me. Okay. You know? When I see the dolphins, I go fish the trench that I see them in. Okay. Because you know there's and food, catch, that you know there's bait close by. Is that why? Yeah, because there's bait and there's bait that's fish. Right. That's what I figured. You know, I just and, wanted to make sure I was right on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a saltwater so expert by any means, but I'm trying. You know, you know and where, where we are in southeast Texas, uh, the Gulf Coast where we're at, you know, there was used to saying it said west is the best and east is the least. Okay. And it's just the opposite here. You know, west is the is the least and east is uh, you know, not the best but but a lot better. If we have west winds, we're gonna have muddy water. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we have anything else but west, we're gonna have from uh just 
barely semi-muddy to green to clear. Okay. You know, especially whenever we have a north wind. Right. North wind is the best for us. I see. Okay. And or general south winds. I see. And uh, okay. so, but when we get north winds, that's whenever the trout fishing is going to be the best. Okay, good. And uh, and yes, usually that's going to be in the early morning, so we can go up there and throw plastics, or uh, even you know crankbaits. Mm-hmm. And I use freshwater crankbaits, and uh, for my speckled trout. And uh, so and I'm usually fishing in water that's not over four foot deep. Right. You know, right there on the beach. And uh, so uh, crankbaits that, that don't go deep. Uh, that's what I'll use. Shallow divers and, uh, in that case, right? Shallow yep. diver, freshwater. Like that. Yeah. You know, because most of the time, your your trout are looking up. They're not going down. They're looking yes. up. They're not bottom feeders. Well, and, and I was... Top waters right. are a good thing, too. Oh, the top water plugs, yeah. Yeah, top water lures. No, that's smart. I was going to ask you, too, on the redfish, are you mainly fishing live? Because I know with sharks, you can fish cut bait or... You know, or live bait, right? Or what's your what's your preference on that? I forgot to ask you that earlier. My preference on on that is going to be cut, mm-hmm. and I will for use sharks, right? Live bait. Okay. And but I always I always I'll put a slice in the live. I figured I'll slice it. I'll use about so a bleeding. six inch mullet. Yeah, uh, six or seven inch, and I'll slice him up. Other than that, I use I love using their heads and mid sections. Mm-hmm. And uh, just depending on the size, if they're about a 10 or 12 inch mullet, I'll use the head. You know, uh, they seem to love the heads, and that's one of my favorite baits, you know, to use is the head. And uh, if I don't have but a bunch of six or seven inch mullets, and I usually use the whole mullet, yes. and I slice them. Okay. You know, and, uh, and so I usually, uh, when the, the, the bad part about that is, is whenever you're trying to walk out there to get past the third sandbar to cast sometimes, because that's where the fish are, you can't get in without getting a hit. <laughs> and so it will wear you out, you know. That's great. And, uh, you know, the worst part is you feel like you've walked a mile in that, and you get back in, and no sooner than you sit down or get in, it hits. And then you got to sit there and reel it in really? and bait it up. And take You'll it bait it all the way out and go out there again. Oh, my gosh. That's when hilarious. I was young, that didn't bother me. Yeah, now that you're a little older, it's a little bit more of a strain. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Um, yeah, now, you know, that's why I love teaching now, because I can just say, hey, grab it. Yeah. Bring it in. <laughs> you know, Go for it, man, it exactly. <laughs> no, I get and, uh, that. And so, so redfish, you, you mainly are using live, is that right? Mm-hmm. Or using cut, too? I'm just, I'm not an expert. Yeah, my, mainly cut. Okay, mainly, mainly cut. cut for redfish, too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, and uh, but you're using live bait, me, as in not live bait, but cut bait. You're not using artificials for the most part for surf fishing, in, unless you're going after the specks, you know, trout or something, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I just want to make sure I understood that. So you're teaching me, and Mr. I, Marcus. You're teaching me over here. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people they 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 don't like trout fishing on the beach, and they want to go out in the boat. Well. They think, or they think you cannot catch trout on the beach. That's and not true. Yeah. If you go out there on a north wind, you're going to see 150 anglers out there wade fishing for trout. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a lot there's there's a lot on our coast. It's so it's so good about where you can go and what you fish with, and you know, fingerling croaker and uh, are some of the best trout bait there is live. And uh, so, and also your mullet with popping corks. And uh, 
that's one of my favorite ways to fish for trout is a popping cork. Okay. And I, I've always loved that. It keeps you in the strike zone, number one, and it's just exciting. You know, you're, you're popping that cork, and all of a sudden it jerks under, you know, and you feel like you've got 100 pounds on the other end. Because you know? that's I how hard it. they fight. I fished you know, shrimp with popping time, corks yeah. before, but, I mean, I, it's a blast. By the time get up there, you got a, yeah, you got a 15, 16-inch speckled trout, and you thought it was a 100 pounds. But, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and then the gaff topped the same way, huh? You know, so, uh, but most of the trout fishing is during, uh, the, from sunrise till about eight or nine in the morning. Okay. Sometimes, depending on the weather, it may last till noon if we've got one tide going and right. it's an outgoing. And, uh, so, uh, once you get down there and you start learning the patterns, okay? Yes. Uh, then you're going to start knowing what to look for, when you want to go, what kind of tide you're looking for. And you're going to know, you're going to start learning what kind of baits you want to use, you know, uh, what kind of fish you want to target. And, and, and it seems complicated, but it, it's so easy. It, it'll just come to you so quick. Oh, the more you do it, I mean, I've always said like Sam Crowley, who's one of the podcasts I listen to, he always says repetition decreases resistance. And I use that a lot exactly. in my, the more you do something, the more familiar you get with it and the more of an expert you become. And, you know, that was be my, my thing for our listeners is that's what I would suggest you do is just get out there and do it. And see, and that's what, when we're teaching the fundamentals, Okay, right. we're teaching right. people how to get started. Sure. So, you know, I teach them one liter to use, one type of weight to use, the, uh, one or two hooks, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. And, and I teach them how I make it, why I make it the way I make it, how it works. And uh, uh, and then I tell them, what you're going to do from here is you're going to go out and you're going to start learning. You're going to start catching fish. And then you're going to start getting some ideas and you're going to see other methods and you're going to start adapting those. So I said, what's going to happen is, is you're going to take the fundamentals of what I taught, taught you and you're going to make your own. Right. Right. Okay. Everybody has their own It's way going to become it. your way of doing it. Sure. And I don't think that there's any best way out there to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, everybody has, everybody thinks their way is the best anyway. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, <laughs> that's true. But I yeah. try to tell them keep an open mind, you know, and just adopt, uh, try everything, and adopt what you want to adopt, and and throw the rest away. Yeah, and uh, and just make it yours. Harvest the best and anyway. leave the rest, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, and I also at the same time, you know, uh, I've always been a, a big uh, conservationist. Yes. And, uh, and catch and release, and and there's a certain reason why I use uh, circle hooks mm-hmm. and why I will only use circle mm-hmm. hooks mm-hmm. and the size of the circle hook, you know, yes. and, and it's it's because I want to catch the fish with, with as little injury as possible right? and uh, so I can release it. Yes. And uh, I don't like throat hooks. I don't like eel hooks because that's going to kill it. Mm-hmm. That's very I don't like leaving a hook in a fish's mouth, period. Yeah. And uh, so when I a circle hook, nine times out of ten, I'm going to get a jaw or lip. Yeah, but you need okay? the side or the, or the middle. Yeah, right. Typically. And there's other reasons. You, I use a 15-inch circle hook, okay? I'm going to use a big piece of bait, and that's going to help me target more of the fish that I'm targeting, and it's going to keep the smaller trash fish away from it. 
like the hardheads that everybody knows about right. on the Texas Gulf Coast. <laughs> so, and people yeah. tell me all the time. They said, "Well, I can catch that same hard or, or same redfish on a uh, a little twelve watt hook instead of using a big fifteen knot like you do." And I said, "Yeah, you can, but also remember that's a big redfish, and now he can actually." You're not getting a big piece of bait on that hook now. Yes. And not only are you having a smaller fish mess with it, but now this redfish could actually swallow that circle. Yeah, hook. that's a good point now. That's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because bigger everybody bait, bigger knocks hook, me yeah. for using that. And I said, because I want to make sure that if I'm going to release that fish, that he's uninjured. And, he's and that I'm not going to release a dead fish. Sure. Uh, or one that's and going I, to I, die, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I went up there to uh, Harbor Freight, and I think I paid 8 bucks for a small pair of bolt cutters. And I keep them in my tackle. And then whenever I get a shark or a red where I can't get the hook out without hurting them, mm-hmm. or I just don't want to get my hand around a shark's mouth. <laughs> no, nobody I does. Cut the, I <laughs> cut the barb off and remove the hook with no problem. Yeah. You know, and you that's can cool. go up there and buy a 50-pack of Mustad 14-knot or 50-knot hooks uh, for, you know, $16, $17. Right. You know, and that's 50 hooks. Well, then I can afford the, you know, to, to cut some and not worry about saving a hook. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather save the fish than the hook. Right. And then another reason, I don't like uh, just leaving the hook in their mouth. Some people cut the leader. Well, that's that much more mono that's out there that something else can get caught in or and, injured with. And when I first started this show, I had Daryl Palmer, and you can go back in our archives and listen to this show, but we talked about some of the mechanisms he's come up with or some of the methods he's come up with on cutting lines so it doesn't get tangled around other fish or wildlife. Um, yes. You know, because he makes, uh, and I'll put his link in the show notes too if I remember, uh, he makes um, uh, big, you know, big game fishing rigs and that kind of stuff where, where you know, his leaders and that kind of stuff are designed in a way to catch you know and hold fish and everything and he um he does his own crimping and everything like that but i mean he made it very very clear on our show together that you know we don't we don't let just loose fishing line go out in the water i mean that's so bad yes i would like to hear that show yeah i'll send Uh, you a link no i would like to meet up with him yeah uh but yeah uh you know i'm a firm believer in having something for our kids to have in the future Mm mm-hmm and uh, so, and I love abiding by the laws. And uh, and I'm either going to, if I'm going to eat a fish, I keep it. Sure. If I'm not, I'm going to cut it loose. Right. And uh, I'm not greedy. I'm not going to sit there and stock my ice, my ice uh, freezer so full, you know, that I don't ever eat all the fish. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's a waste. I agree. And, uh, and then I love shark. But usually when I keep a shark, I won't keep one over three foot. Mm-hmm. Because that's all I'm going to eat. Sure. You know. You don't want so to So the waste. rest of them, I'm, yeah, I'm going to release them. I'm sure. going to let them go. I think that's great. And uh, and if I'm not in the mood for shark, I'm not going to keep a three-footer. I'm going to let him go. <laughs> just depends, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, it just depends. That's good. That's you know, great. and, you know, people stall me all the time, but gaff top is one of my favorite fish. Mm-hmm. And so I may go out there and fill my ice chest up with gas tops. They're kind of like know. the blue cats of the of freshwater and saltwater. You know, that's the way I've always yeah, equated they, them. 
Yeah, and they got a bad name. They've been called a trash fish or bottom yeah. dweller and all that. Hardheads are your bottom dweller. Yeah, hardheads are the – you really can't eat them. I tried to clean a hardhead the, uh, a while back when I went to the coast last time I went, and I was like, never going to do that again. <laughs> so. Well, I can I can fillet a hardhead or a gas top in less than a minute. That's it's cool. It's really easy. Now, let me tell you, uh, you can't eat a hardhead. Oh, I know. Now, I've Chester eaten them. They're I, just hard to clean. Yeah. <laughs> Chester and I had a, a group of uh, teens uh, out on the beach and spending the night. And uh, that next morning, the weather was bad and everything else, and the kids wanted to fish. And so we were letting them fish, and they were just catching these huge hardheads left and right. Well, Chester walked over to me, and he goes, Marcus, he goes, let's fix them some breakfast and feed them some gas top. And I was like, oh, Chester, man. <laughs> careful he goes oh man they're good he goes i promise and i said i'm not gonna mess with you he goes you don't have to i I said okay he made me feel guilty is what he did Uh uh (laughs) he went over there the boys started keeping them he cleaned them and they cooked them things up and he brought them over there and i tasted a couple of pieces uh, of them and i'm going to tell you what it was good but here's what i did i put it on my survival list of food okay Okay. It's not on my main menu that I'm going to keep and eat, but in the event that we're on a survival mission, I'm going to take it. That's right. Uh, but uh, and the kids absolutely loved it. But gas top, it's a white dry meat. It's not oily. It's not nasty. Yes. And that's how it used to be described to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, you can fly them within a minute. Just fly them like you would any other fish. I don't skin them like people skin a catfish. Yeah. I just fly them. Used a knife to trim the, the meat from the sure. uh, the skin, and uh, uh, and like I said, I just cut the red off of them. And you can—they're the only fish I know that I can grill or bake without a fish scent. Right. Yeah. I don't have to put heavy seasoning on them to cover it up. Right. right. And and also, uh, my best test on eating any kind of fish is: can I get up the next day and reach in the refrigerator and grab a piece and eat it? Yes. Okay. Good point. I can do that. Yeah. See, shark, I can eat shark when it's hot. Right. But not when it's cold and it's been in the refrigerator. But not when it's cold. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's baked, fried, or however you want to cook it. Mm -hmm. You know, once it's gotten cold, that's it. It's done. Yeah. uh, But, you know, redfish or stuff, Debbie will. My wife, we love cutting them up in chicken nuggets because that's how my wife, it's a good finger food. We take (laughs) it out in the boat fishing with us, we take it down to the beach. And uh, the thing about it is, is you could eat it cold. Mm-hmm. That's good to eat. And it, it, you know, just just very, very, very good. And uh, so, you know, that's what we look at. We also try to teach people that on how to cook their fish, how right. to mix their batter a little bit, you know, along with their leaders and stuff like that, and how to throw their cast nets. And uh, but the best thing we teach is family bonding. Oh, that's you know? great. That's wonderful. You know, we get with parents, and we let them know if you're having a hard time with this kid or that other, y'all go spend a few hours doing this together. Right. You know, right. No, forget great. about everything else and just do this. And y'all start making it a, a, a weekend thing or every opportunity you can get, and that kid's going to be looking more forward to that than he is running the streets with sure. his friends. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, so, and I got a bunch of kids come up there and, call me mr marcus or we play santa claus every year too so they're calling me santa you surf know, and fish and I got, santa i love it <laughs> yes yeah, they're fishing santa 
And uh, so uh, it's it's really it just does my heart good. Oh, you know, I, I just and I just love seeing them come back again. Sure. And uh, it, it, and then we got a lot of single parents, mothers that that don't uh, have a, a man that will take them and mm-hmm. go with them. That come out there and they bring their their kids and babies and and uh, between me and the park staff, uh, we'll teach them everything they need to know. You know, and these kids, they love coming back. And uh, that's a lot what my wife, my wife likes to do while she's there is work with the children. That's great. That's so and, wonderful. Uh, so, and, uh, but the biggest thing I want to tell everybody out there that's listening right now is when you bring your kids out there, don't force them to fish. Mm-hmm. You know, that first few times, they may not pick that rod and reel up, but once or twice. Right. And then they're going to want to throw it down in the water and the sand, and then they're going to want to play. They may even want to swap their brother or sister with it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the main thing is, is don't pressure them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sit down with them, and I try to help them catch their first few fish. Get them hooked. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And get them hooked. And then I let them go from there. That's and great. uh And now my boys, at, at, at I got one that's four. And five, which September and October, they're turning uh, five and six. They will go out there now. They will cast their own rod and reels. They will stand out there and just wait for a bite, mm. you know. And uh, and they may fish 30 minutes. They may fish an hour. They'll put their rod and reels down. They'll go run and play. And then when they're through playing, they'll come back, pick their rod and reels up, yeah. and they'll go to fishing They take it and leave it. And, and, I mean, that, that's a healthy relationship with it. I mean, the thing that I don't like is the dads and, and, and you know, grandparents and or whoever it is that, that are parenting these kids getting out there and, you know, they're throwing crankbaits or they're, you know, just forcing them into the more advanced techniques of fishing where it's a simple pursuit and we should keep it, you know, fairly easy for them easy wins is what i always yeah. talk about it was like you said with the fresh water you know of, of what they were catching what you had them catching if i have them down there catching hardheads they are more excited than i am but i am so excited to catching the fish right, right. okay yeah and uh, and that's what it's all about mm-hmm. of course i don't let them touch them i always be hooking for them and let them go but you know just the thing you know yeah. We'll have these croaker runs, and these kids are catching these croakers, and you know how croakers fight. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. they are some of the best fighting little fish They're in the mean. world. <laughs> yeah, right. and uh, and they croak, and that, that croak just fascinates these kids to yes. death. Yes. And uh, so uh, they're, they're catching them, and, and they're just having the best time in the world doing that stuff. I love it. And, uh, and so when we're down there at the beach, and, and we're wanting whiting for bait, so we rig all the kids up a leader catch whiting mm-hmm. bait them up and everything and so now the kids are out there not only are they catching fish and having fun but they're supplying our bait for us yes yes that's <laughs> so, great that's great it's a good you know, symbiotic relationship right <laughs> and, and so we we teach them what's happening mm-hmm. you know while we're doing it and what the process is and why we're targeting this and how we're targeting that and, uh so uh, and then what what's really shocking is is the the information that they retain mm-hmm. over all of it. It's just, it's unreal. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they're, they're learning more and more every year. And at my age, I'm starting to forget everything. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. So in a few years, I'll be asking them how to do it. Yes. So, yes. Uh, that's what's so great about it. 
Well, listen, we probably need to close out our show today. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no. How do you, how do people get a hold of you, Mr. Marcus? Okay, people can uh, reach me on my, my cell phone. It's at uh, 409-659-9437. They can text me, too. Uh, or they can uh, email me at... Uh, uh, CSFA06 at gmail.com. Great. I'm writing all this down so I can put it in the show notes too, so people can just click on that link. Yeah, and they can also reach Seaman uh, State Park in Sabine Pass. Okay. Get schedules, find out information on me. And, you know, and there's, you know, we go down there, when we're down there, uh, Dustin. We have our trailer there. It's an aluminum trailer, and we got our truck. We got a sign on our trailer that says Christian Surf Fishing Adventures. That's great. And even when there's not a clinic, we set up to fish. And uh, and anybody that wants to stop and fish with us can stop and fish with us. Mm-hmm. We welcome them all. That's we great. may show up there one morning, and by the end of the day, we may have 12 people standing out there fishing. Oh, that's so awesome. So yeah, and uh, and of course, like I said, we don't charge anybody nothing. Yeah, and, that's uh, great. That's so, so wonderful. Well, thanks so much but, uh, for for joining us, and and just I can't thank you enough for your time. You've been so educational. <laughs> oh, I hope so. You know, some of the other experts may not think so. <laughs> I tell everybody, as long as you act like you know what you're doing, you're there. That's right. Uh, you're out in the field doing it, you know, and that's my whole point of this <laughs> of this stuff is you're a practitioner of the sport, not just a talking head about this. Well, and that's what I really love the, about The reason you. I'm saying that is, is, is look, I'm not no big professional that's went out there and done tournaments or anything else. I'm just a guy like anybody else. Right. You're a common and man. And if I can I like have that. this much fun with it, you can too. Exactly. Exactly. Just regular guy. That's, that's you know. my whole point. If I can, if I can learn this, you can too. Yeah. No, and uh, it's it, it's not hard, and it, it's just such a blessing for you and your family. It, it just gives you something to do when you don't have no other money. Once you got your gear, dude, all you have to do is come up with whatever few dollars you need for gas and pack a picnic basket, sure, and go down there and spend the day. I love it's it. It's awesome. You can go down there and buy a sixty dollar tent for four to six people, and you can just go down there. We get off work on a Friday evening, mm-hmm. run down there. Pay ten dollars for the night that sleeps eight people for ten dollars on the beach. Yeah, and put your tent up. Y'all can camp out that night, fish all the next morning, and then go home that afternoon. Well, that's my other point. uh, You don't need a big fancy RV to go camping. You know, you can just you know uh, go to Academy and get you a get you a tent. You know, that sleeps sleeps as big as your family sleeps, and you know they just there's so many things you can do that don't require a lot of money in the outdoors, and that's one reason why I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah, and see, you know, and if people don't believe it, look, just use me as an example. You know, I'm disabled. I can't work. You know, my wife is unemployed at the moment. We live paycheck to paycheck, okay, hand to mouth. And this is the only thing that we can do right. that we don't have to spend a ton of money to do. And so we still have this outlet to get out of the house. Because everybody gets cabin fever, sticking around the house and not doing nothing. Okay? This gives us that outlet. It's about an hour and a half drive for us. And uh, we can go down there and spend the night and the day 
and we can have the best time of our life and come home refreshed and happy. That's wonderful. uh, That's it. I pack water and make Kool-Aid. I don't have to have uh, tea or or sodas or none of that stuff. Doesn't have to be fancy, right. Yeah, some bread and some bologna, you know, some some cans of pork and beans that, that's that's right. pop, that has the pop lids. and <laughs> You know, it, it's just stuff that, that, that's cheap that you can go buy and you can live like a king while you're down there. That's right. You sure can. And uh, so that's what I'm talking about. We get to get out of the house. We get to go spend the night. We get to fish. We get to play. You know, at nighttime, I tell my kids, don't go outside and pant because of the land sharks. And... <laughs> <laughs> Pull their leg a little bit. I love it. Yeah. That's great. So, you know, and uh, we just have a great time. And also, I've got a little portable DVD player, and uh, and I will, I'll let them watch a movie in the tent. Yeah, a little entertainment. You know? That's great. Yeah. It, it's, you know, so you can, just little stuff like that, uh, and you don't have to go out of town somewhere and get a hundred and fifty dollar a night motel yes. and pay, you know, forty or fifty dollars for, for for breakfast and then lunch and then dinner. Yeah. You know. Or or pay somebody to take you fishing or right. you know, and stuff like that. You have it all at your feet. It's just what you make of it. That's great. And like I said before, God has this incredible playground for us. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. Absolutely, and you're gonna see you know, you're gonna see little old fat me running up and down the beach, just <laughs> you know having a good time. I love it. Uh, That's great. So anyway, I've talked too much. No, you've done and, uh, great. I really appreciate you being on the show with us today, and and just I love your heart, and you know just uh, what you have for for the next generation, and and just everything. I can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. Well, I can't thank you enough for having me. And uh, be looking forward to, to maybe doing it again. Sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marcus Heflin. You can find him on Facebook. That's H-E-F-L-I-N is his, uh, is his way you spell his last name, M-A-R-C-U-S for Marcus. You can look up Christian Surf Fishing Adventures Facebook page. They've got a really neat little page. It's got a lot of different pictures and um, posts on it about you know the different things that they do in the outdoors. I'm looking at it right now, and uh, they have a big redfish they caught this past Saturday. And uh, really excited about the future of uh, of this kind of stuff because you know this is really where my heart is. You know, is bringing folks that do fishing ministry and stuff, uh, outdoor ministries of some kind, to uh, you know to light and uh, to serve God through that. And that's just kind of a cool thing that Marcus talked about on our show, and I try to talk about sometimes too. You know, when it's it's all about giving back at some point in your life, and I'm definitely there in my life, and I just uh, I just love this stuff so much so anyway hope you're doing well out there guys thank you so much for watching reading and listening also if you've not done so please subscribe to our newsletter it is only free does not cost anything just like subscribing to the podcast through itunes uh newsletters come out uh tactical tuesday on tuesdays we have wildlife wednesday on wednesdays and we have the texas state of the outdoor nation on thursdays so that's three newsletters that you get a week and uh constantly packed with content I'll probably have some stuff after I get back from this riders event uh, that I'm going to do at Burris, Louisiana. And, uh, but for sure you've got the podcast you can listen to every other week, uh, that are new. And then we put the, with the bye week of the weeks that aren't new, we put them in the newsletter as well. So you can catch up on that. Uh, check out all of our podcasts, either on our website, which is fishgame.com. That's fishgame.com. 
forward slash podcast, or um, you can also visit us at thebestoftheoutdoors.podbean.com. And uh, we will uh, definitely love to connect with you. If you have any questions for me, you can friend me on Facebook. I'd love for you to friend me on Facebook. Some of our fans of the show have done that before. And, um, you know, I, I just love to connect with you. I love to answer your questions. I love to, um, you know, be an inside and educational resource to you, whatever I can be to you to help you enjoy more of the outdoors. That's what I'm all about doing. And so... Um, there's just a ton of different opportunities available online, uh, to learn things in the outdoors. I certainly done a lot of videos over the years to teach people different things in the outdoors. And I just, I want to encourage you to get out there and have a blast and, and just really enjoy all that God's outdoors have to offer us and, uh, really enjoy the best of the best of the outdoors. Uh, enjoy it with your family, enjoy it with your friends. You know, it's not just all about there going out and killing their kid, you know, catching the biggest bass or the biggest, you know, shooting the biggest deer. For me, it's just about joy, enjoying and communing with nature and communing with God. And, and however you see it, that even if you're not a person of faith, you know, there's so much beauty in the world, you know, aside from all the crazy things that are going on in our society now, um, politics and, and all the different things that the news is bad and, and all the different things that kind of break your heart on a daily basis, you know, that the woods and the water heal me. And that's what I want to encourage it to do for you too. So there's your inspiration for the day <laughs> on the show. And, uh, just want to thank you again so much for tuning in, watching, reading, listening, all the, uh, things that you do, uh, be sure to check us out at fishgame.com, our website, and then my personal website, dustinsprojects.com. You can go on there and visit me, see what I'm up to, and visit the links to all the different things that I've written, recorded, or videoed, and, um, really uh, appreciate you guys hanging in there with me over the years, and, um, that you're still along for the ride, and I plan that we're just getting warmed up, baby, I'm telling you. <laughs> thank you so much again, and have an awesome day in the outdoors. Mm-hmm.